0: Welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity.
1: I'm Lemuel. And
0: I've totally forgotten how to do this. Uh, welcome back. We are here getting ready to do our part two of our Stephen King season five finale award show, Extravaganza. Where we talk about, you know, all the stuff we've been watching for the last two years. Before we get started, how was your week?
1: Uh, it was uh, paid with size plenty and soul for endless rue
0: tight? What? No.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, it was okay, uh, but it was just very busy. So I, busy... I can't really recall what I did, only that I kept doing it at a very brisk pace, I think. That's the best way to say it. Gotcha. What about you?
0: Good. Just trying to make sure all of my clients are taken care of to prepare for Preparate, prepare prepare for tax their tax season so oh,
1: there's God, a lot the taxes, of cleaning
0: up books taxes, it's fine it's not a big you deal you use a fine tooth of brush
1: and you go through the pages That's really i
0: literally spent 4 hours this afternoon doing basically that with oh, numbers wow. yeah. okay so yeah it's a whole thing did you know when you switch from cash to accrual accounting in the middle of the year the things that used to get put in one account now get put in a totally different account so when you make the changes that had worked for the first year they really fuck up the second half of the
1: year why would so, you switch to cruel accounting it sounds sadistic
0: it's a uh, cruel
1: okay I misunderstood.
0: Uh, a cruel yeah so we're i'm learning i'm learning on the job y'all but it's good it's fine Everything's fine. I got it almost all totally. Everything's up. fine.
1: I'm fine. Everything's, Everything's fine. fine.
0: So that's been my week, and uh, it'll be more maths before okay. the night uh, is through.
1: That would be a nightmare. Actually,
0: my night is done with maths. My brain is. It just stopped. It is. I can. I can almost feel how much glucose my brain has um, expended in its mm. little calculations. Right. At the end of the day, I'm just like mm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I have no more energy, so let's get back into these awards, shall we? Yes, we shall. Now we're going to do our movie. I think let's do movie chunk, and then we'll go back to the, to the MTV best villain things. Okay. Yeah. So we'll start with best screenplay for a motion picture.
1: Okay.
0: Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Sure, either way. Go ahead
1: and start. Uh the Shawshank Redemption.
0: That's yours. It's number written one. by
1: Frank Darabont. Yes, yes, it is. That was outstanding because it, it is tremendous. Yeah, it really is. Um, what's yours?
0: I have four. Oh, okay. But I have, you know, one top. So, um, Needful Things and it, chapter oh, one. Yeah are both, I think, really good screenplays. Specifically at Chapter 1, I think the stuff with the kids is really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and Needful Things, I think, packs... As you were talking about, every character gets their yeah. thing. In Needful Things, he does it... They do that same thing, and they right. do it in a... Yeah. You know, a protracted amount of time. I mean, it's still it's a long yeah. movie, but it's, you know... And I, and I think... Um, for, and that's also one of his longer books. Right. And I think they really distill it beautifully. Shawshank Redemption is mm-hmm. on, on there as well. Um, I think the writing of that movie is particularly good. Um, but my number one is Doctor Sleep. Mm. Because of the marrying of The Shining the Book, The Shining the Kubrick movie, and Doctor Sleep the Book. I think it was an almost impossible feat. And I think it is handled beautifully. So that is my choice. But I see your Shashank
1: Redemption. Yeah, I think that for me, the Shashank Redemption was filled with so many characters. Mm-hmm. And very much like Needful Things, which is mm-hmm. another one that that I could have easily chosen. There was so much to kind of worked down into the screenplay and the fact that you got it all to move along yeah. at this sort of pace. And again, part of what Stephen King does really well is create a sense of community. Yeah, There are people in the town that you're going to get to know. Yeah, And you're going to be happy when they succeed. Mm-hmm. You're going to be really sad when they fail. Yep. You're going to miss them when they're gone. Yep. You're going to see how their loss affects other characters. Mm-hmm. You're going to see them make bad decisions. Um, so, yeah, that, that, uh, that's a good choice. Yeah. Good choices.
0: So, next up, best supporting actor in a motion picture. I have three. Mm, so do I. Uh, my first, uh, is Morgan Freeman. hmm Yes. Uh, he did win an Academy Award, I believe, for that performance, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he did or not. Now that I'm saying that out loud, I don't know if it's true, but... He was definitely nominated. <laughs> um, because I think Kathy Bates is actually the only... I think uh, Misery is the only Academy Award that any of the Stephen King stuff got. Um, but Morgan Freeman, as read in The Shashank Redemption, is a classic strong supporting role. Um, uh, my second one is a Rebecca Ferguson from Dr. Sleep. <laughs> because goddamn... <laughs> she's terrifying in that she's so so good um but my number one actually she's probably my winner Mm -hmm. but my heart really gets pulled over to Marsha gay harden right in the mist just telling somebody that if they want a friend like her she could just squat down and shit went out herself <laughs> it is spectacular. So those are my three. And it's really, it's tight between Ferguson mm. and, get, and Marcia Gay Harden because right. I well, don't,
1: I, they're so, they're both. So I chose Marsha Gay, so Gay so Harden. Good. It
0: was Gay, Marcia Gay, Harden. Marcia Gay, Gay,
1: Gay, Gay. Gay Harden's performance in that movie is astounding. It is. She <laughs> is hideous. <laughs> she is, she she is, is like,
0: incredible. She <laughs> is so over the top and unbelievable and also absolutely somebody right. you have met.
1: Well, again, very much <laughs> like when we were talking about Midnight Mass, everyone who's grown up in a church knows, knows Marsha Garden's yeah. character. Yeah. And for us, it was Sister Emily. And yes, she does exist. And she exists simply to make everyone else miserable because yeah. she is miserable. But... Oh my God, her character was amazing, and the fact that she is constantly turning everything to her advantage, including the fact that she gets smacked in the face at one point, and she rubs the blood coming out of her mouth. Look, a down payment. You know? Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just right. like great.
1: Thanks. Everything you've yes. totally
0: played into what I needed, and I will use it. And I will. Yes, no, it is. She is. This is her chance to
1: stop being the town. In it. that case. Hmm. And be because, like, a leader or, in the community.
0: Yeah, Messiah, and, right?
1: And, and then she's going to take it. And the scene where the characters... And The Mist is one of... Really, it's hard to say that's one of your favorite movies, period. Yeah. But no, it it's is, a great It's really like a thumbscrew being put to you. It's like yeah. it just gets more intense as it goes along. I should also mention movies like The Wages of Fear... Yeah, Four guys driving trucks full of nitroglycer up a bumpy I've road. I've never
0: seen it. Yes. It seems very stressful. Oh, like but, Apocalypto. Yeah. Where the whole time you're just like tense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like movies like that. I like it when they don't let go. And that's one of those films. The scene where the other characters are trying to escape and she's just wide awake sitting there with a knife. Mm-hmm. That's an oh shit moment because you realize like, oh god um, they're not gonna they're no, yeah. not all gonna make it out of here alive because she is going to fuck it up. For do whatever everyone. it takes yep. to keep control over this situation. Yeah, and so yeah, as we we have another category that I'm thinking that she might qualify for. I don't know. We'll but see. that was an amazing performance. Yeah, indeed,
0: indeed. All right, next up is best child actor in a mm-hmm. motion picture. I have four. So do you want to start or do you? Well, I'll
1: start with one. Oh, or I have two, really. You have two? Okay. One is a runner up, and then the other. Okay. Uh, my runner up is River Phoenix and Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. Who is just completely nails that part. He really does. And like all of that cast feels very authentic. Yeah.
0: I but forgot he, about that movie entirely. Like it and, didn't even yeah, and I was scrolling back Y'all, this was a really hard for me to do because there is a lot. Yeah. We have watched a lot of hours of a lot of performance. Like, and there's and a lot of good stuff. There's some bad stuff.
1: Yeah, but and well, some, we're not right. and we're
0: not you just so you know, we're not gonna have a worst of anything. No, 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 we're not no. doing it.
1: <laughs> but um the uh River Phoenix's performance is amazing because he's again like watching Sophia Lillis, you're watching a star yeah. being born. Yep, yep, yep. There's somebody who just like is holding the screen,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, every second they're on it and they're working with the other kids, they're not hogging the screen, yeah. They're holding the screen without having to work too hard to do right. it, it seems. Yeah, yeah. So that performance is really good, but ultimately, the performance that really to me. Just nudges over that is Anton Yelchin in *Hart's Live. He's one of my. He's one of my four. Which, again, like River Phoenix, is heartbreaking yeah, for how short those, that career is. Both of those are, yeah, deeply heartbreaking. The fact that he sells his performance at times, uh, and he reminds me a little bit of Fred Savage and his ability to sell something by just a look. Yeah, and he's getting across his mood and his feeling, and the fact. Uh, here's what. My thing is, and I mentioned that before, um, it's really hard putting a, a child actor or a less experienced performer in a scene with really experienced performers. But you put Anton Yelchin in a scene with Anthony Hopkins, Yeah, and they're playing off each other.
0: You may hear about this pairing later today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they are amazing together. They are, yeah. And the fact that he's able to... Because there were moments in some of the other films, which I won't mention, where you have a pairing and it's like, well, I don't give a shit about that guy, but I want to see so-and-so guy. do this performance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the younger actor just winds up sort of feeding him lines, in other words, so yeah. he can say something brilliant. And there are moments where Anthony Hopkins just trails off, you know, you feel him behind your eyes. Yeah. And Anton Yelchin is just there in the moment with him. With him, yeah. Which is a very hard thing for mm-hmm. a child actor to do. Yeah. And so it really, it sells his performance. It really works well with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Which must have been a nightmare. I mean, not a nightmare. It must have been really intimidating
0: Unless for Unless he was so young that he didn't know.
1: Maybe. Maybe he's like, that's just a really I nice guy. I doubt that
0: Anthony Hopkins, mm. Anthony Hopkins was Tony to Anton Yelchin. You know what I mean? He didn't introduce himself as Sir. Right. He was Tony. I'm all, I've got fan fiction not slash fiction, but fan fiction in my head of uh, Anthony Hopkins just being so lovely to work with with uh, and so lovely to Anton right. Yelchin and, and really having nothing but wonderful things well, to say um, about him yeah. as an actor in return. And I don't know, I've not looked for mm. an interview where Anthony Hopkins has spoken about Anton Yelchin, right. but I imagine them to have gotten along Well, they must have had some kind of
1: sympathy because they come out with a beautiful performance. They do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's my number one as well. Mm. But my runners-up, as it were, are two of the kids from the current it, and mm. and those are Sophia, Lillis. who we spoke about oh. already, spoke Sophia Lillis, and also Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Eddie, right. who is his comedic timing. Yeah. Um, the other kids, Finn Wolfhard, especially, but like the other kids,
1: right,
0: are all very good. Yeah. But something about that performance of young Eddie is, like, it gets into my heart. I don't know. Like, yeah. Just where he's, like, wait, wh- what do you mean? Like, when he's learning, like, learning that the world is not the world that he thought it was. Right. like, and, and him waking up to those things. And, and being, young, like, old enough to, you know, make, you know, dick jokes with his friends. Right. But young enough to be, like... Wait, what's a placebo though? <laughs> like, like he'll ask that. <laughs> it has question.
1: to be one of the best scenes in the film. Really. I
0: know. He, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: something about a child asking another child, right? Who is really in a position of power,
1: right?
0: Right. That girl is his bully for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes. Um, a legitimate question about how the world works is so disarming to me because. Especially a boy asking a girl
1: right.
0: like to be th- that is a guarded position that they typically well, would also, be in like he's young enough yeah. and innocent enough to just ask the question like that kills me it and leads when he is scared right. holy shit balls he it is leads scared.
1: to the best. It's, it's a gazebo. Wait, what's yeah. that?
0: Yeah, no, it's.
1: it's, it's that so was a moment good. where I like one of the moments in the theater where I actually lost my breath
0: <laughs> because <laughs> I was laughing so <laughs> hard.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's his comic. Yeah, he was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: I really, I, and I think that that mm-hmm. kid is super talented and I'm excited whenever I see right. him. So he's another one. And then the other one is Kylie Curran, who is the young. Um, uh, young lady in uh, Dr. Sleep. Oh, yes. She was very good. I thought she was magnetic while on screen. She's not in there very much, but...
1: She also has the ability, because she has to carry a very strange kind of characterization. She does. She does. Which is essentially, she's a superhero. Yes. But, but she's... But has to be, like,
0: cool about it. But she's also
1: like, overconfident and then realizes, oh, shit, yeah. no, this other thing has been doing this for so much longer. Yeah. That I have to dial it back. That
0: you have to... Yeah, right. Like, um, I'm powerful, but I'm also new. <laughs> right. And that's a
1: dangerous place to be. And the fact that she sort of thuds into things, and yeah. she makes mistakes, and yeah, she is super powerful, but being super powerful is a weakness in this case. It,
0: it can but be. It's Absolutely. attracting now you're food. Right. Also, some, yeah.
1: A gang of, of vampires Vampire, led by an incredibly yeah. beautiful Irish woman. <laughs> She's so beautiful. I love her.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So, she... She, I think, gets normal mention. I think she's yeah, quite good, and I'm excited to see her and yes. other things as well. Uh, all right, next up, best adult actor.
1: Okay, best adult in actor. In a motion picture. So who do you have?
0: I've got four. Mm. So you, do you have, what is your situation? I
1: narrowed it down to one.
0: Narrowed it down to one. Oh. Give me, well, do you want me to do my four? No, and do then you four. can tell me how I'm wrong about all of them Tony no, tell no, no, me who no, it no, really no. is? Okay. So my four are Jessica Chastain Mm -hmm. in It, Chapter 2. She's also just one of my favorite actresses. I find her eminently watchable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the casting in It is... uh,
1: It's amazing how much they resemble the other children. I think that
0: the casting (laughs) of the children was excellent and the casting of the adults was equally excellent to both the characters the adults are and the children that there they is have a,
1: a casting director who had just made their career uh, for the rest so, of their lives I because it was so spot on. So
0: fucking yeah. good. So
1: Jessica Chastain is one.
0: Right. Um, Ewan McGregor in wow. Doctor Sleep, uh-huh. I think, is
1: yeah, spectacular. That's a, that's a tough one to pull It's an too.
0: extremely difficult
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, role to play. I think he does manage to pull enough of his prior characters, mm-hmm. or, or the prior Danny Torrance right. that we know into this character and the J- Jack Torrance that we know into this character without it being obvious or ostentatious. He's so, he's really... I like Hugh McGregor a lot, so I think that that's a great performance. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan in the green mile which is a hard decision for me to say because he is playing a caricature or a stereotype but also I would die for that character yeah. <laughs> I would st- I would lay down in front of something to stop it from getting to him like I lo- that character his pain that comes through in that role is transcendent, mm-hmm. I think I think and and for him to have so little acting experience before and then so little after because he died yeah so young is also I mean young for a human man, but <laughs> not a child but uh, uh yeah um but I am giving this award to uh. A woman who's appeared multiple times. I'm giving it to Kathy Bates. <laughs> for all of the... For all of I mean, it. For everything. <laughs> uh, I think that... I mean, she she's the Academy Award winner, right? And I think... The swing from Dolores Claiborne to Annie Wilkes and back again <laughs> is just, you know... How do you beat that? So Kathy Bates is, is McQueen is my girl in this uh, category. So who's your single actor that
1: you? Michael came Clark Duncan. With?
0: Oh really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's.
0: I didn't so, say. I thought it was going to be different than mine. There's oh, wow. so
1: many good performances to choose from. Yeah.
0: No, there are. That's why I have four, and this, I really could have kept going.
1: This you know kind of character that he plays, that's I, and yes, it is difficult because it is written from the point of view of a white writer writing about a black man in the South that does play into... Who is playing a magical Negro. <laughs> yes, not only a magical Negro, a childlike Negro. Yes. Uh, playing, you know, it plays, but he's able to invest that character with so much life. Yeah. that's a re- He's a real person. He's not a caricature. No, not at and all. And absolutely could have been. And the fact that he took it and did that. Yeah. And again, you're going, you're looking at, like Anton Yelchin, you're looking at a person uh, even more so because he goes into that knowing him acting with these other actors. Who mm. are just all of them. Um, and especially because I've seen him on stage. Jeffrey DeMond and yeah. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm going, these are people who very easily you could get lost with. Mm-hmm. But he just holds his own. And part of that is the fact that he's physically so big. Yes. and it's, uh, But also that he... L- Play is so vulnerable. He's so vulnerable. And it doesn't matter, you're, you're seeing these other actors, you're seeing Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Who's
0: uh, great in that yes, movie.
1: Who is really just eating the screen the alive. World. Everyone yeah. is just doing <gasps> yeah. stuff in this film. And then this guy just kind of anchors it. Yeah. Um, this still, mm-hmm.
0: solemn. Right deeply lovely presence
1: right exactly. in the middle of this And movie. so it's something that when you see a person in this film at his size yeah. you want to protect him yeah you I mean, know because i he will protect not do i want
0: to put my smaller body in right. his
1: body <laughs> so the, the fact that he was able to pull it off really to me that speaks volumes and like I, like mm-hmm. we said it was like his
0: third thing or
1: something right. like it was there was not much before that no. but um Bit parts mostly, but the thing is that he was able to pull that off. And I remember when uh, uh, he was in this strange contention uh, that year, the award season, with people like, I think it was Haley Joel Osment and Michael Caine and just like this was weird it? random okay. solution. And Michael Kane was just like, oh my God, that man's performance was amazing. I believe like, that, yeah. He's just like, I hadn't seen anything like that. He just opened up. Yep. So, yeah, that was... No, and
0: to be that vulnerable mm -hmm. in every, that's the thing. Right. It's an every scene thing. It's not a, he has a vulnerable moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. He
0: is the personification of vulnerability almost.
1: As we said, he had a difficult character to pull off and then he just does it. Just does it. He's just like, okay,
0: well, this is what it is. And here you go. Yeah. No. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Ha. I was right. You're also right. All right. Next up, Best Adaptation Motion Picture. Mm-hmm. And I've got four here for different reasons. Okay. So do you want to...
1: Well, I have two. Okay. One of which is also my best picture. Oh, okay. But um, you can start with four.
0: Okay. So my first is almost like an honorable mention, and that's mm. Gerald's Game.
1: Okay. Because
0: I thought it was unfilmable. Right. I, when I read it, when I was 14...
1: Why did you do that?
0: Uh, Because my mom said I wasn't allowed to read it until I was 14. And then when I read it at 14, I thought, gee, I wish she had told me 16 (laughs) because that was rough as shit. Um, I did not ever think that I would see an adaptation of it. And Mm -hmm. not only did they do an adaptation
1: of it, it's good. Right. And watchable. I think a lot of that's on Carla Gugino. Oh, of course. Who just... But also, uh, what's his face? Bruce... Greenwood. Greenwood is... Yeah, but I mean, the thing with Carla Gugino's performance is that she really, we're just on her. We're just on her, If you yeah. don't like her, you're shit out of luck. But yeah, she is very, It, is, very it good. is
0: a movie that is, it's not only, you know, out there, mm-hmm. but it is watchable in a way that isn't like um, one of those things where you get through it and then you're like, well, I've watched it and now I don't have to do it again, thank no. God. Like, it isn't that. Yeah. No. Um, so th- that, to me, is a very impressive adaptation. Uh, The Green Mile, just because I think the way that that was released in pieces, I'm almost surprised that they didn't just make a series out of it. They truncated it down. I think it's a good adaptation. I think it's great, and I think it's because of Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. I think that's again a very if that difficult part had thing failed, to film.
1: You, you that's nothing. Have it's nothing. Yeah.
0: It's not. We just don't, we don't talk about it anymore because yeah, yeah. that if that part goes. There's yeah. nothing. That's that's the foundation that of which the yeah. The
1: center of the wheel.
0: Uh, it chapter one.
1: Mm.
0: I just think it's good writing. I think it's. Well-paced, well-structured. The casting is phenomenal. I just think it's very good. And The Mist. Because of the ending. Because this is an adaptation... If we're talking about adaptations, Uh, they made the ending better. Right. And they did it in a way that was respectful to the source material. Mm -hmm. A way that Stephen King actually... really Really liked, thought it was better than his ending. Um, I think it was brave. I think it's fucking rough when you see it for the first time. But I think it makes
1: sense in the context of it. For the first time, you and our roommate stopped at 10 minutes from the ending. I can't watch the ending. But when you
0: see it the first time, you're just like, holy shit. Especially if you're coming to it having read the
1: book. Right.
0: You're just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and we've seen a bananas good performance from Marsha Gay Harden. Mm-hmm. We've seen very cool effects like this. It's a legitimately
1: good yeah.
0: horror movie, monster movie. It's a good monster movie. It's a good human horror movie, and then it has this gut punch ending that you don't expect if you're coming into it right. as a Stephen King fan. But, I, I mean,
1: you don't expect. Period. I don't think anybody going to the theater expected this is the way this film is going to end. Well, no,
0: but especially because yeah, they are was the an book. adaptation. Right. So I think that that is a strong, like,
1: mm.
0: it is ballsy to yeah. say I'm adapting a movie, but I'm t- or a book by an author as famous and beloved as Stephen King mm-hmm. and just, I'm changing the ending and I'm going to do a thing that you are going to fucking hate yeah. because that's my movie. Mm-hmm. That's the way that my movie ends. And I think that that is, a, it was an excellent choice. Well, that's, it's
1: one of the runner-ups. As on much
0: as it's hard for me to say, shooting your child uh, is an excellent it's choice. It's
1: one of the runner-ups on my list. <laughs> oh, yeah. For the reason that, for exactly what you just mentioned. No. Was the fact that there isn't really an ending to the mist? Um, there's a much more hopeful ending, mm-hmm. but this one has a sledgehammer—a kind of Old Testament message. Yep. If he had just helped this woman earlier in the film, who was begging for his help, this wouldn't have—none of this would have right. happened to him. But, right. uh, but it was, would
0: have happened to everybody else in that story.
1: Well, anybody so. who would have left with her. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that they just didn't do it. Yep. And it does carry out really great stuff for Toby Jones and for Thomas Jane, right? That's his name? Thomas Jane, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff in this adaptation. Yeah. But uh, I also like the fact the director referred to it as, you know, a black and white Harryhausen movie in color. You know, yeah. he's, no, he's sure. really going... The, the effects okay.
0: were super cool and yeah. interesting
1: and what what the... Source material needed, and it was very, it genuinely made monsters genuinely fighting. Sometimes mm-hmm. it does not work out so well, Mm-mm. but um, the combination of CGI and very old school special effects at yeah. one point, uh, or at some points, and then these characters and this kind of breathless expectation that everything's going to go wrong. And one of the other action scenes, I would say. Uh, the scene where the sort of strange pterodactyl-like things mm. break into, mm. is one of the best action scenes ever staged in a Stephen King film. Mm-hmm. And you
0: didn't bring it up in the action.
1: scene Yeah, I didn't because there's. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and also, I just like I kept thinking of action scene. This is action scenes with special effects.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: but uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a good adaptation. But the yeah. one I chose was Carrie, the original film Carrie. Right, this is the, the 1976. The
0: 1976, the very first and adaptation.
1: Because Curie is an epistolary novel, very much like you're reading Dracula or something. Yeah. Or The House of Leaves. The, There's yeah. all sorts of sources being quoted and scientific studies being cited. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're able to pull out this story and just make it about the conflict. Jerusalem Slot, stories.
0: epistolary. Right. We just talked about it. yeah
1: But the ability to pull it out and do this adaptation... And really capture this these characters, um, to me that kind of that, that's what carried it. It was really very good.
0: Yeah. All right. Best motion picture then. Okay. Is right, have you given it away? Is it Carrie?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the one that got that and sort of an adaptation, although I realize that's going to be a controversial choice, was The Shining. The Shining.
0: The Shining is in my top three.
1: That's a movie that is archetypal. Yeah. It is. There are scenes in that film that are frightening for no reason. Yeah. And that's what really makes We're it work. It's like,
0: why am I so skeeved out by right? right.
1: Now? And it's, it's, <laughs> it comes from rarely do you have a collaboration between geniuses that works really well. Mm-hmm. And so you have Stephen King and you have Stanley Kubrick and these two sort of opposite men. Um, well, and the source material, the reading of the
0: mm-hmm. source material was very opposite. I mean, right. that is one Something of the. Something that he makes things, a huge
1: deal about. Yeah. It's the cold. One house burns the hot. down, one yeah. freezes. Um, but uh, I think what really works for that, for me, is that that's also solidly one of the best horror films ever made. It's a fantastic and One of the movie. best films. And it's coming from a person who essentially and we've covered some of Stanley Kubrick's movies yeah just comes along every decade or so it's
0: just like here and have a like, piece of I genius gonna, right I'm gonna Deuces completely this.
1: Right. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna make a science fiction film and it will forever be one of the science the, fiction yes, films yes right I'm and gonna so, make an epi-
0: an, the epitome
1: of right so I'm gonna I'm make doing. a horror film and there will be moments in this film that are really unsettling even though nothing is happening nothing's happening yeah there's a kid on a Big wheel.
0: I wish he had not had to torture his actors.
1: I I wish that, and there's all sorts of issues with the making of it, but it becomes this weird, enigmatic, it's not forcing the enigmatic nature of the book. Yeah. It's not forcing anything. It's just very, very unsettling Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So what is we, it
0: shot in a bunch of dutch angles? Because it feels like it is. It but feels I don't know it is. It
1: sure it's is. shot with lenses that squeeze then the image and it, yeah. stuff. He's shooting with patterns that sort of go on forever. That, it's,
0: it's the only movie I can name that has a pattern that is like, oh, that's the shining rug. Right. And you can get it on your leggings, if you want. Right. Like, that's not And it's recognizable.
1: Thing. And yep. it's, it's very, it's really weird. And there There's are moments... a little, if you know, you know. <laughs> there are moments in the film, like the first time that um, we meet Scatman Crothers' character. Yeah. And the, the little boy... over the... Right. The, yeah. But the, the little boy looks at him, and he's speaking to him. With his brains. And it's done in such a detached way that it comes across as really creepy, even though you realize that's his friend. But the shock of, like... Wait, he's talking to me, yeah. and he's talking to other people at the same time. Yeah, that shock really works. And even yeah. watching it now, even though I know it's coming, it works. Yeah, and there's other scenes too that, even though you know they're coming, there, it works. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I it's it is one of my top three. Uh, the thing that falls apart for me with that movie, Always and Forever, is, is going to
1: be that kid. Like, Okay. It's the kid. I thought it was going to be the croquet mallet or the... It's not.
0: That's a bummer for me Mm. just as a... Right. That's not scary. It's fine. It is what it is. I don't think that the kid is very good. (laughs) Like, I just don't. And I don't know if it's because he's terrified of the director and Mm. so that's what's happening or what's going on he just that the Danny Torrance mm. performance in The Shining is a bummer now it's not about the Danny Torrance performance right. it's about the Shelley Duvall performance and the Jack Nicholson performance
1: yeah.
0: but Danny Torrance is not a small no part of it and so that's where it really falls apart a little bit for me but it's definitely because it is one of the greatest horror right. movies of all time like that shit's scary so my other two oh, wow. are it chapter one right um, and that's largely just because I fucking enjoy watching that movie. Yeah. It is a fun watch. The kids are funny. Like, it's it's funny. It's scary. I think Bill Skarsgård is fucking terrifying as Pennywise in a way that Tim Curry is not terrifying as Pennywise to me. Right. To me. Let me be real specific. To me. That is a movie where I'm like, yeah, I'd just watch that. It's just fun. Um I like the second one too, but that first one I just think is Yeah. Um, I just
1: felt like the second one didn't deliver on how carefully constructed the first one was.
0: It, to me it's like I'll watch it chapter mm. 1 anytime. It chapter 2 I've got to be in the mood for. Okay. That's sort of where I'm at with it. But my my number one is Doctor Sleep. Mm. Because it takes from The Shining. For all the reasons that I put it in Best Screenplay, it takes from all of these places and makes this cohesive, watchable, scary, interesting whole with really good performances all over it. Mm. And it's just a movie I want to go back to. And it's a movie that I forget whole pieces of, and I'm like, oh right, that happens in this movie, and yeah. oh right, these guys are over here, and oh right, Abra, and oh right, she does the, her powers, and the mm. the astral projection is. i wanted to see good astral projection in a movie my whole life, and I think it does yeah, it yeah. the best. Like that's a weird thing for me that that is important, uh, and and it pulls. These performances of using Henry Thomas as as a Jack Nicholson stand-in in a mm-hmm. really effective yeah. way using this, ca- whoever plays the sh- uh, sh- the Shelley Duval character mm-hmm. in a really impressive way that's not jarring. It's like, I see where right. this is coming from and then going back to the yeah. Overlook in a
1: way that, where you in the theater were like, yeah. yeah I didn't <laughs> you know. It's just like, yeah. I was like, oh God, this is great. They're going to go back to the Overlook. They're going to go back. They're going to the gonna go back, but, they're gonna do it. And It really, really feels like it. you bookended two really important things. Yeah. Because this story gets left, uh, in Kubrick's version, it gets left intact. Yeah. And so the idea of going back to it was like, oh, great. And then bringing it Mm
0: -hmm. to the ending. Where it ends Mm -hmm. is where Stephen King ends it. Right. And it doesn't negate Kubrick. Which I think... Probably couldn't have been done until after Kubrick's death. Right. Like I feel like time... Like, I wonder I wonder if um, how how time felt would about need that, to have passed. You know. I think Kubrick would have been fine with it, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he was cantankerous and hated everything about you know, it. I don't, think I don't so. know. I, I he, don't
1: know he's him. He's one of those person. people who seem to have an infinite amount of curiosity about stuff. And so he might have just been curious as to see what are you doing? How are
0: you gonna do yeah. Uh, how are you going to do it? So I I love that movie. Mm. It is it is my favorite, but it is also my number one because I th- think the way that it manages to bridge all of its yeah, source materials. it
1: is a remarkable piece of work. It's
0: remarkable. Um, and not just, hey, they did it. Yeah. They did it and made me, w- I, like, I like that movie. I yeah. want to watch that movie again. It's entertaining all the way through. Um, yeah, no, I love it. I love it, I love it. Okay. Now, we're going to get into the weirdo weirdo categories mm. over here. Start with Best Ensemble Cast. Okay. I've given mine away several times. Do you want me to start? Um, if you want, I only have one. I have one runner-up, and then I have the mm-hmm. main one. My runner-up is The Mist. Right. Um, that cast is great, and everybody is doing something important in it. Um. But my number one is the IT, double chapter, all the adults and kids, the way that they interact in Mm. each level and the way that they interact across time is amazing and I love it. (laughs) So that's my, that's mine.
1: mine was also IT, but I was specifically the first chapter. Yeah.
0: Because The the,
1: the interaction with the kids is so spot on and realistic. Yeah you really feel like they know each other. Yeah.
0: I think that they are the best part, mm-hmm. but I do think that every I think all of the adults that were cast, mm. I think they're good yeah. fits, especially Hater and Chestane. Yeah. James McAvoy, I could take or leave in that role, actually. Um, but his character feels so small compared to what he was yeah. in the television adaptation. But where he's the... Yeah. F- Primary focus, and that's not the case in this version. Yeah. Um, that I that it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, but I think Bill Hader and and Jessica Chastain, and the way that they come up from the Finn Wolfhard, Sophia Lillis uh, Littles yeah. versions of them, I think I think is so so good. So yeah. All right. Uh, piggybacking on that. The best on-screen team or duo? And I've got four sets of people Oh, good, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay. So I'm going to start with my uh, sort of outsiders and I'm going to work my way in. Uh, my outsiders are uh, Anthony LaPaglia and jo- uh, Joan Allen in The Good Marriage.
1: Mm, okay.
0: It's just them. Right. And the dynamic in that film is tough <laughs> like what do you do when you find out that your husband's a serial killer <clears throat> try not to let him know that you found out that he's a serial killer and then right. try and fucking kill him like that is tense as shit and I think both of them do a really good job I think it's an interesting pairing my second one and this is a bit weird is Corey Haim and Gary Busey <laughs> That actually is pretty good. <laughs> because they are right. It's Busey and the way that Busey has to temper his whole self right. to the fact that there's a child in the room with you, sir. There's a child and you could go to jail. So how about you fucking But I their their dynamic interaction yeah, is, in Silver great. Bullet is really interesting. Um, you know he clearly loves this kid, like does a lot for him. The kid idolizes him, and I think that that pairing is yeah. Very it looks like good. there's a real
1: dynamic between the yeah. two of them.
0: Yeah. Um. Cynthia Rivo and Ben Mendelsohn.
1: Mm. Yeah, which was my choice.
0: Yeah. the The way that they play off of each other is that's two Oscar level performance right. performers doing Oscar level performance. In a TV series, so they're never going to win Oscars right, for exactly. it. But th- those two together are spectacular. And then you hit on my number one, which mm. is Anton Yelchin and Anthony Hopkins. Wow. Uh, that whole story is their relationship. Yeah. That whole film is their relationship. And to have such an age gap and culture difference... Mm-hmm. Between the actors and to have them be so natural and together on the screen, I think it's so, so, so good. Yeah. yeah. So that's
1: my, that's my, yeah. Well, like I told you, mine was a uh, Cynthia Riva, and, ben Cynthia Mendelsohn. Riva and, ben, ben Mendelsohn. and there's all sorts of other people, but to, to focus on those two, the, the relationship that she has with him. And the way they're trying to come to some sort of understanding, she is really her version of Holly is a little bit different, in that she is a little more out there than just uh, Loopy's version of it. Yeah. Um, in that she, you know, has almost essentially a she's also power. older. Yeah. So she's playing the same character as older too, so that's yes. a good thing. Yeah. But uh, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I just
0: mean the care I mean, Holly Gibney is right. older.
1: Holly Gibney uh, is older. She no longer has her mentor with her, right. and this is establishing another similar relationship yeah. with another older man who's experienced at this kind of thing. But I love the fact that she takes the Sherlock home route. Yeah. When you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however yeah. improbable, She's must 100% be true. She's one hundred percent
0: open-minded, right? Right.
1: So this must be the truth, as strange but as it seems.
0: But a- largely, it's because, and mm-hmm. she explains it in in the show. I don't know how that if this comes out right. in the book, but it's I'm impossible, right? And I'm. How many other here? impossible
1: things are there? Yeah. So that Which was to be. a beautiful.
0: Yeah. That was a beautiful. Right. Framing because really. That's true of Holly Gibney, but it's kind of true of every person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. Like me existing as myself is and a statistical impossibility. <laughs>
1: Brendan Gleeson, just uh, I want to get her name right again. And just looked. Justine, Justine Loopy, Loopy. I think. I or... think they were also in contention for mm-hmm. me, but I just disliked that show so much yeah but those two are amazing together and true. they fill like a father daughter role they fill you know a, a mentor and student role they they do that really well and the fact that uh, that Holly also will stand up to him yeah and have scenes where it's like no I'm not going to do this no th- and I'm going to look out for myself because you're being irrational yeah and she will call him on his nonsense yeah so although other people might find the accent and the irascibility to be charming yeah she's not going to let that put her in danger. She's not going to be so trusting as to put herself over in the hands of somebody who is not being careful and could get them both killed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, that dynamic, I really like.
0: All right, let's
1: do hero.
0: Best hero.
1: Okay, so who's your best hero?
0: You go first.
1: My best hero is a weird choice. Awesome. Um, and there's two of them. Okay. One of which is Christopher Walken in The Dead Zone.
0: Okay. I like
1: that. goes from being... Because he does have a terrible journey. He's just a guy... Yeah. And again, this is like you can see Stephen King's affection for film noir. You know, yeah. a finger points at you and you're just that guy. You're just that's it that guy. And there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Yep. You're on this path and how he, he winds up... You know, there's a really great scene with Tom Skerritt who's an underrated actor. Yes. As a sheriff. I like
0: him. I don't, I rate I him highly. Right. So. And he's
1: like, you know, you have I'm not a religious man, but you have a gift and he's like, well, from God, God's been a great sport with me. Right. God's been swell. Yeah. You know? cool. And so right. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks. And then it turns out he does in very much like the characters in The Stand, he is there by God yeah. to stop the end of the world. Yeah. And he does it by sacrificing in such an obvious and terrible mm. way. Um, but being like John Coffey, because you can see this sort of Christ figure parallel yeah. in a lot of Stephen King's works. Yes. But this is a guy who winds up being messianic against his own will. So he has a journey that he takes. Yeah. And it's no coincidence that you cast Christopher Walken who looks like the European version of Jesus, big eyes, pale right. skin, yeah. you know, kind of haunted and tragic. And he, But he does. It's like you're with this guy and you understand that his life absolutely sucks. Yeah. But he's going to soldier through the best he can. Why is this happening to me? Oh, this is why it's happening to me. Yeah. Because in the end, I have to do something really, really, really big. So to me, he was a great, that was a great hero character. Yeah. The other one, equally strange, Okay. is D. Wallace Stone in Cujo. In
0: Cujo, yeah. First she's, of all,
1: she's, yeah. Who gives one of the best performances I've seen in any of these films.
0: Yep. And uh, Stephen King himself is like, she should have at least been nominated right. for an Academy Award. It's bullshit that it's she was It's a wasn't. physical
1: performance. It's, it's, it was emotionally wrenching. Yeah. But the fact that she goes from being this woman who feels this kind of Old Testament judgment on her for being unfaithful to her husband. Yeah. And that her child is in the, uh, lays the balance, the child's life. Yeah. And what she does to survive or what she's willing to do. Yeah goes beyond even being a mother because she's not just doing this because it's the strength of her you know, I'm a mother protecting my young that's Mm -hmm. one primal motivation but another one is this need to redeem herself fighting this monster effectively, and Kujo at this point is a monster is like an act of penance for her she has to get through this so yeah, I thought just in terms of heroism this is another one that just pulls it out an ordinary person doing an extraordinary thing or being in extraordinary circumstances yeah, and having to decide how much can I dig to pull this off.
0: Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Um, you, yes, I like your uh, criteria better than mine. Mine was Michael Clark Duncan. Mine right. was John Coffey, which you're right. He just, he's, yeah. he has no say in the, in the right. matter, really. Like he just is. Um, but that performance is just like... yeah. I mean, a black man being killed for murdering two little girls that he was trying to save, like it yeah. just feels, yeah. So that that's mine, but I think d um is yeah, spectacular in Kujo and is a hero for sure, 100%. Alright, so that's heroes. What about villains? Ooh, who's yours? I've got four, uh. and they're all very different.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... Max von
1: mm-hmm. in Needful Things. Right.
0: Very few people play the devil as well as Max von <laughs> Very few people have ever played the devil and, and Jesus. Jesus. I know. I know. It's just I know. Weird. He's charming as fuck, and I definitely buy some shit. <laughs> right. I definitely would. And and that, yeah, no, he's very unsettling.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Well, being fully settling, I am settled. I am in your right. store, and I am buying a thing. Um, Bill Skarsgården, as I said before, I think his take on Pennywise is very, Mm -hmm. very scary. Uh, the things that he can do with his face, naturally, lend to that. But the physicality that he brings to that role is really interesting and scary. And the vulnerability that he uses against children is deeply scary to me. Um... Here's the one that's a little off the path. Nancy Travis in Rose Red. Oh, that's interesting. That bitch (laughs) ruined all of their lives for her own game. She was... She's the only one of my four Uh that's just a woman. She's just a person. There's nothing supernatural mm. about her. She's not an alien from another right. country, or the devil, or a, you know anything else. She's just a selfish bitch who is taking everyone right. down with her. And she's so good in that role. And it's
1: funny, because I know that we talked about the first episode. We weren't buying it, kind of, the first episode of the mm-hmm. series. But once she gets in the house. Well,
0: yes, when she it, this just, house gets into her and she comes she just, to
1: life yeah. and she just becomes this, her performance turns. Yeah. And, and she's she, a monster. Right, this cunning, <laughs> manipulative version of Captain Ahab. Yeah. This yes. is her whale. Yes. She's going to go after it and she's not going to let anything get in her way. Yeah. And you realize that she's manipulated people. Yeah. She's you know, sleeping with her boyfriend she's, so that she right, has access so to the house. for the access to <laughs> yes, the house. Right? It like, it's just nuts. She
0: was a, she was a villain outside. Mm-hmm. She leans into the villainy right. once the house is in her and she's in the house. Yes. Um, and I, I just think that that's yeah, a that really a great, great performance. Um, and then Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Rose the hat. Which she's... Is, terrifying <laughs> which is weird she's because she's also beautiful and i do want
1: to kiss her a little yeah, like... <laughs> that was my feeling in the film like who the hell is she she's wonderful i yes. think i could make it work yeah i right. think you know i don't like kids but yeah rose the head is also on my list yeah because of, of, there's so many great villains yeah but she manages to pull off this really oily weird sexy scary all at the same time yeah kind of thing yeah that's both intriguing. I mean, there was a, I think we talked about it before, the notion of, uh, particularly with women, being dangerous and being attractive at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that's like a real element of film noir. Yeah. Uh, and she's that. Yeah. She's just the personification of that. Like, what is she up to? Yeah. And can I, tr- no, you can't trust her. She's no, just No, you evil. cannot. Y'all, mm-hmm. don't do it. She was one of the Marsha Gay Harden, of course. Mother Carmody yes. is a nightmare. And she's one of the best villains ever. I also looked at uh, Max Vincita because, again, yeah. he is so charming yeah. and smooth. Yeah. That, and he's gonna fuck up your whole life. And the way that he manipulates <laughs> people so casually. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. to because it's do, nothing, it's, right? It's, it's funny because you think about, this is the same guy, and you, you think about his career, especially in terms of the films that he did when he was working for Birdman. And then his first introduction to American filmmaking is playing Jesus Christ. And then he plays all these different characters in between, including um, Father Marin and The Exorcist. Yeah. So there's all sorts of ways he could have take, taken this character. You're playing movie the I devil. I have not seen yet. But, he yeah. To the
0: end of this episode.
1: Right. <laughs> but what he winds up doing is playing someone here who doesn't ever get his hands dirty. Mm-mm. What he's going to do is just make sure that everyone gets exactly what they want but not nearly the way they want it. Yep, nope. He's monkey-trying the shit all over the place. When Ray Bradbury wrote Something Wicked This Way Comes and the book goes a lot to that, he wanted yep. to have Christopher Lee playing Mr. Dark and he wasn't available and property was bought by Kirk Douglas who wanted to do it and he's like, oh God, not Kirk Douglas and it wanted up making Jonathan Price's early career uh-huh. playing the devil and this is another one where it's like, no, we got somebody like that, somebody... With stature. He's huge. He's right. very tall. Is he? Okay. Yes. And so he carries this, and he has the same sort of qualities that Christopher Lee had with a voice and this sort of charisma. And he's able to fully go into it without makeup, without doing the monster thing. He's just doing like, I've gotten everyone to do what I want. And nobody even knows that it's me. Like, they can't put two and two together. Right. So that's a great one. Um I also really liked Annie Wilkes in yeah. Misery, because she is so frustratingly uh, rigid yeah. in her thinking. Yep. Um, but on that same note, the one that I think is just my number one is Piper, Laurie, and Carrie. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's because I was brought up by a religious fanatic.
0: Yeah, Maggie. But
1: at the same time, the fact that Piper, Laurie's character really seems to believe what she's saying. right. She does, yeah. And so that makes well, you know, her even more, more
0: character feels at at one point she like at some point she has turned, yeah. And now she is
1: using scripture to just right, and she breaks character every once in a while, right? And she, right, that's true, you know. She's looking out the window. Oh, look at the bugs, you know that kind of thing. She right, that's true, right? Yes, like right, like there's, there is a there's a schemer underneath this, right?
0: Yeah, right. But and she's
1: not Piper always Laurie present, is, but Piper Laurie idiot. is a dangerous fanatic, yeah. And the scene where she tries—and I can't imagine what it was like to do the scenes at the end of the film with uh, with Sissy Spacek, who is amazing, mm-hmm. who was also one of the runner-ups on my list when I thought of the best performance. But ever. she
0: is also once mm-hmm. again just a woman, right? The way that Nancy Travis is just a woman, right? Exactly.
1: And that's uh, as you often find with the Stephen King thing, sometimes the worst people are just, just people. The worst, worst monsters are, are people. people. It's yeah. like, no, Mother Carmody is more frightening than whatever is out, outside the, in the mist. But with Piper Laurie's well, performance, at least as frightening <laughs> <laughs> with Piper Laurie's performance, that final scene where she's dragging Sissy Spacek through the house to yes. attempt to cleanse her, yeah. that scene always stays in my memory because. Sissy Spacek looks genuinely terrified. Yeah, she's like, this bitch is going to kill me right now. And she will. I'm she gonna, will kill I, you because I'm going to save your soul. I mean, Yeah, it's so like I don't the, care. Right, about your
0: body is not important to me.
1: <laughs> right. Your body's already been sullied by touching boys. Yep. Dirty clothes. So pillows. this is going to save your life. And I'm going to save you and bring you to God all on my own. Uh, and it's like, holy uh, shit. No. that is really one of yeah. the great film performances ever, too, on t- horror or not. Yeah. Because she just, there's this, and, and if you'd ever seen Piper Laurie earlier, where she's this beautiful redheaded headed actress, um, and that was kind of her thing, but she was always a little bit off, mm-hmm. so that she didn't seem to select or choose to play a lot of leading characters, although she had the looks for it. When she does this, like, God, I can't, I can't, and this is how good her performance is, you can't put together the Piper Laurie from the earlier films I've seen with this Piper Laurie. Like, she completely yeah, no, reinvented totally herself, revamp. and this is a completely different person yeah. that I'm looking at. She's not carrying her past history with her, because she's just so scary. Yeah. Really scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yes.
0: I've forgotten how scary she is. She is very, very terrifying. I like the Julianne Moore performance uh-huh. um, in the in the remake. Oh, all
1: the performances of it, even in the shitty version of this... Uh, what is her name? It just slipped out of my head. I can't even
0: remember who played it in the Yeah, there's too many yeah. versions of Carrie. Um, yeah. It's uh, a it's a good role.
1: Right. It's and a it's good been role.
0: well cast every time.
1: But yeah, yeah, I think in that instance it was being underplayed, but
0: you can't underplay this one. Right. This you one. have to because Carrie's gonna kill you. So yeah. you need to. And you need to justify mother, this. This is matricide. Yes. So you need to really... Of, of a girl who has been um, tormented by you since the day mm-hmm. she was born, so she right. is going to be terrified of you.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So you need to be yeah. terrifying.
1: be terrifying. Yeah. And she just runs away with that part. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, and our last category, y'all, it's the last one, oh, we promise, them. is the best, however you define it, what the fuck moment. Okay. So I'm going to let you... Go first. I, I have, have
1: two. I have two. Okay. Um, anything after the first? No. Let me redefine this. All just a moment. Right. Anything that happens after the credits in Dreamcatcher? I don't
0: even remember what happens that after movie, the credits. In everything. Oh, the opening. <laughs> anything
1: that happens after the opening credits in opening Dreamcatcher? Opening credits.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's fair.
1: That whole movie is a big what the fuck? Utter bullshit. There are um, shit weasels in it.
0: There are literal
1: shit weasels. Shit weasels. Which is a word that's entered by vocabulary. The Duddits thing is. The Duddits thing is like offensive (laughs) on every level. The fact that. The Mind Palace
0: is probably
1: the. Yes, it's the best best idea in the film.
0: Yeah, but that's pulled. I mean, I don't. I don't know the order of operations, but it feels like it's pulled from Thomas Harris because Red Dragon is. No. Hannibal is almost entirely takes place in Hannibal's well, mind palace.
1: <laughs> the the issue that I had with it is that I mean, I appreciate oh,
0: the one issue <laughs> narrow down I dare I you. I
1: appreciate that um, this is a book written by a person recovering in the hospital. Yes, that's true. And this is something yes terror of shitting yourself and being yeah, sick. Yeah, no there's a the body horror makes a lot of sense, it, yeah. But the film ending with that it's turning into an alien for no reason none that's of this has ever been happens done happens yeah in the, in the book and I apparently there was an alternate it. ending where that didn't happen but the producers just turned him into an alien um, why
0: wouldn't you and it's like everything it's not like he's a real person right. since he's I'm not even going to say the R word, abled. but yeah, there you go. But that, um, I, I mean, thats what um, it feels like. He's not even a real person anyway, so go ahead and make him an alien. Like, oh,
1: but what? yeah. Everything about that film—it's—it's <laughs> it's everything that you—you you know, it was everything falling together, right? It, yeah. You had an ensemble cast who really works well together. Yeah. Who does it. this is an ensemble cast who does not work and well together. It's a good cast. It's a good cast. Everybody in it is good. Right. Um, and Morgan
0: Freeman was mentioned earlier well, as one of the best actors. One of the funny parts is what
1: well, I got there? about a third of the way through the book, and at the time, I was taking care of my sick father. Where so like, it
0: literally says, "If it this
1: literally can, says if this was a movie, Christopher Walken would be playing the villain." and then they cast Morgan Freeman, that, and then they cast,
0: and I'm like, "Damn! Whoa. Did Walken say no, or did you even ask?"
1: Yeah, like Stephen King told you who the fuck
0: is in the movie. Which but, but, I love Stephen King in the hospital after uh, his accident calling his fucking shot. Yes. Like, they've already optioned this shit. I know that they have. Go ahead. Here's a casting thing. <laughs> and it's proof that authors don't get a say in the casting no, of their movies. No matter how important they are.
1: But yeah, <laughs> that, that move, the entire movie was like, I have, it was one of the few experiences where I'm just like, I, I genuinely have no idea what the hell I'm looking at. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen it, you know, I've seen Jallo where things yeah. take left turns you're like, wait, what, yeah. wait, what? Why is there a room full of razor, a lovely right. room full of razor I've, wire I've in seen, this building? Exactly. Like, I've <laughs> seen a building where, that. where no, uh, I remember watching, um, watching, uh, what was the phenomena, the, the, the Dario Argento movie with Jennifer Connelly and, She's tracked down by the killer and then just at the last minute the killer is killed by a chimpanzee with a straight razor and you're like, what, wait, what? Where <laughs> did
0: the chimpanzee come from? Right,
1: it was just one of the, It's a chimpanzee that was introduced to us. It was Chekhov's chimpanzee. Chekhov's chimpanzee. And it's earlier in a lab and then she's really <laughs> kind to it so it decides to protect wow. her with a weapon. That's I'm hilarious. Like, or a scalpel or something. And I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck? But, um, yeah. that...
0: But okay, so I've seen so some movies. So, so mm. that is the entirety mm. of Dreamcatcher. Is right, your best is right, what
1: the fuck And then moment. The, the big was another movie that was like that, but it's the moment in The Mangler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where a steam press comes to life and chases people around, gets up and moves around. You're just, right, like, I'm just Help! what? What the hell am I? And again, that whole film was weird. It felt like it yeah. was. People were mumbling through half of the film. Yeah, it
0: was. It was like you guys know you're on
1: on a set, and right. people are trying to
0: hear what you're saying, right? Like this isn't. I, I
1: couldn't make out of whether what people were saying to each other. The villain was completely unnecessary to the film. It's uh, you know, Richard, um, I forget his name, uh, Freddy Krueger, and he's wandering around if you remember with double canes and this really elaborate kind of steampunky costume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, his name's not Richard. Uh, um, Robert. Robert. Uncle England. But he. Uh, and so he's, he's...
0: I did forget that that was his Yes, That's right. And
1: he's in so much makeup, and he he's has completely to take unrecognizable. And like takes a bath with a lady at one point. It, is, it is very weird, but <laughs> the moment when the steam press just gets... Gets you know, up like, like it's has legs. Press. This is not a, you know... It's a several ton piece, <laughs> piece right, of machinery. Right, just comes and starts that, chasing people and going, I... What, mm, nope.
0: We've no. gone off the rails. Yeah. Yours are big what-the-fucks. Mine are no. little what-the-fucks. Okay. I have two little what-the-fucks. Okay. And the first one is... Is it a night shift? When that dude fucking just graveyard leaps... shift. Yes. It was graveyard shift. Just leaps into frame from, like, upper right corner. Right. And lands, and with his Pepperidge Farms Remembers-ass fucking... Oh, yes. ...accent, is like... What you doing there? So,
1: they're like, what the fuck are you doing? So, you so they're washing out the basement of this mill, and they find a hidden door. Yes. And even when we were watching it at home, <sighs> and Stephen Macht, who's a big actor, he's physically big, just jumps in like Spider-Man, Spider-Man off frame,
0: fucking lands like a superhero. What you found that? What you know, like, where um, the fuck did you come from? Uh, it was, yeah, like, I mean, every <laughs> boss. Like, right. you, just what you fear every boss is going to be where you're just like where why are you why do you <laughs> right. know what's happening right, right now get away from me the
1: problem is it's in so we're looking at this frame yes and he just jumps in from a corner as if they didn't see him standing there the whole nope. time
0: he had to have been there the whole time unless like, he man. literally repelled from the ceiling right I, it was wild it's it such was such a weird just, uh, yeah, so it was strange. a weird
1: choice like do you realize that if I'm trying to imagine the film yeah. The film doesn't end in a frame. No. Okay, if I no, see of it, course a, a not. picture it's, of the yeah, sky, that's like the sky goes on beyond yeah. it. But this was literally like, he just jumps in from the corner of the frame, like he just steps it on just the stage. Steps on the stage. You know, um,
0: and they are, stage in, room left, they are yeah. in a cellar, like they are in a right. basement. So there is like a, yeah, they are in a finite space. Right, exactly. It's very strange. It's very strange. Where you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Right, exactly. And then the other one is actually more of an awe. And that is Christine unfurling. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I saw it jaded as shit Mm because I'm a 40-year-old woman or whatever and I've seen effects. But just thinking about sitting in a theater and watching the car come back to life. Right. That is fucking cool. And I would have been like,
1: holy shit, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it, was, it was. I'm an sorry that I missed thing. that moment in the theater because it's mm-hmm. a triumph of practical special effects. It's
0: so 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 well. Done. I mean, it's obviously right. They ran the footage backwards.
1: Well, yes, but they but, but, did it mm.
0: so beautifully, <laughs> and it's so it's at the right time in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just it's cool as hell. I just think that that moment the, the is music. amazing the music.
1: was it? The, the, the hip, very kind of hypnotic. Uh, is it Sleepwalk? It might be uh, that they're doing, and uh, the instrumental, the rock instrumental, yeah. and it just and it has this driving pulse behind it. And of course, this is what happens when John Carpenter directs a horror movie. Yeah, let him and have finds all a the way music to accentuate something yeah. really hypnotic and weird. And yeah, they ran the footage backwards, but still, it's. But it, they had to break it down in a certain right. way for being them able to, to construct um, it. Yeah, it was a I, very complicated yeah. scene. And the whole thing is done with this driving kind of heartbeat pulse added to it. Yeah. Um, it's really... It,
0: it, is, it is a What lo- you thought is happening, scene. this thing yes. is alive.
1: Because up is. until then, you're not sure that it's alive, and then it is, and you're like, holy shit, no, we're in trouble. And Christine is... It's underrated, I think, in terms of the whole Stephen King filmmaking business because... or film adaptations, because there are really memorable images. The Car on Fire is a really creepy one. Because it looks sort of diabolical, this car literally burning and chasing people down.
0: So that's the end. That's, we've come to the end, y'all. Right. It's been two hours. We've come to the end. We are sitting in the dark. We've come to the end. So now we're going to tell you what we're going to do next. But what we're we going to make next? it quick. So in an effort to keep up our excitement, mm-hmm. um, give us um, some different types of things. We, um, I, what I, mm -hmm. we started thinking about, well, do we want to do like Academy Award winners from a certain uh, category for the all of time? But here's the reality of it. I don't want to watch movies, like a bunch of movies from the thirties. I'm sorry. That makes me sound like a sad, pathetic, young millennial nincompoop, but it's true. I don't want to do that. I don't think it'd be fun for us to do that. So. I went to AFI, because AFI, 100 years, 100 movies, they've redone their top 100. Now, Unspooled has done all of the 100 movies, and we've done quite a few of the top 100 of the AFI films. But what they've also done over on the AFI site is made a bunch of other lists, and so we are going to tackle one of the other lists. Um, We thought about they did a top 10 of 10 different genres, but we have some serious concerns and problems with both the genres they picked and yes. the, the movies they put in them, so we're not going to do that. What we are going to do is the top 100, it's the hundred top 100 thrills.
1: We like thrills.
0: The, the, the definition is going to get unwieldy, and we will give you... Um, Basically, monthly, what we're going to do. We're going to do their top 100 movies, their top 100 thrills, which I will link the the link to the list in the show notes here. We're going to start at 100, and we're going to go to 1. So you can see what we're going to be doing for the next several months. (laughs) We have done 10 of the films already. So while we may mention them and point you to our previous episode about them, we're not going to redo episodes on films that we've already seen. Uh, so we're we're skipping 10 of the top 100, but that gives us 90 films to get through. Uh, and we're gonna start next week with 1938's The Adventures of Robin Hood. Robin starring Hood. starring Errol Flynn. Uh, we watched it already. I'm excited to talk about it. We were mm. going to do it today, but we are sitting in the dark, and I don't know that that's going to happen. So, um, so we're starting there. Then, then, and then I'll just give you the t- the next five or the, the yes. first five, so that you know what we're going to be doing. But we'll release a, a calendar at the beginning of the, every month mm. with what's coming. So, um, on the twenty seventh, the Adventures of Robin Hood from nineteen thirty eight, starring Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland and several other people you may have heard of, a uh, Basil Rathbone. Yes. Um, then we're going to watch Speed from 1994 a movie that I've seen more times probably than any other movie so we're not late to it but we are going to watch it Mm. we are going to talk about it and I am very excited about it Uh, then we're going to watch Blood Simple from 1984 uh, the first Coen Brothers movie Yeah, and I've never seen it I'm Mm. excited to watch it Uh, so that will be released on the 10th of February uh, then we're going to watch a movie from 1923 called Safety Last. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it other than that it's called Safety Last, and it's from 1923. I believe it is a silent
1: film. It is Harold Boyd, Because boy, I believe
0: yeah. every film in 1923 was a silent film. I do not believe talkies were a thing. So we're going to do our first silent film. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Uh, then we're going to watch oh i forgot about this uh david lynch 1986 blue velvet a film i have seen one scene of and nothing else and y'all know how i feel about david lynch i always get to the end of david lynch and go why did i do that (laughs) so we'll see how that
1: goes she's in for it those are
0: that that gets us through february so that those are the first that's the first set of films that we're going to watch. As I said, we're going to watch the movies from 100 to 1. Uh, The number one movie is Psycho, so look forward to that. Um, There are, like I said, uh, 1978's Halloween, which we've already done an episode on, is on this list. 1976's All the President's Men, uh, we have done, so that's on this list. There are two Stephen King movies. 1976 is Carrie and Mm. 1980s The Shining, which we've both just which we've just spoken about, we will not be doing those episodes. Uh, Saving Private Ryan from 1998, we will not be doing that one. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Deer Hunter uh, from 1978, Taxi Driver from 1976. Deliverance from 1973 and The Godfather from 1972 I could could
1: just feel you basically relaxing that you don't have to see Deliverance again I do not
0: have to see Deliverance again but here's what I do have to see Ah, Clockwork Orange, yes. a movie that traumatized me very badly as a child and I have not seen since, so that's going to require some right. drugs
1: well, probably okay, for me to so get through. Is The Exorcist on the list? The I Exorcist is, okay, is on so the list, then yes. You have another chance to be traumatized again as an adult. As is The Omen.
0: So, yeah, so these are th- not all thrillers though. Mm hmm. They are adventure films. They're thrillers in different senses. Thrillers like thrillers in div- doing... Yes. So we're going to call this season Thrill Seekers. Yes. That uh, and and that is going to be season six of the show. Uh, so we hope that you like it, that you're on board, that you'll come along and, and watch these films with us. It is apparently 100 films you should see, so we'll see join them. us. Yes. Uh, until next week, we're not going to let you go. And until next week, uh, you can, uh, write us with questions, comments, concerns, but no more ideas for season six, because as I said, we do know what we are going to watch for the next 90 weeks, which is a lot of weeks. Lots of weeks. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you can email us at latecomerspod at com. You can find us on Twitter at latecomerspod. You can e- find us on Facebook by searching Late podcast in the search bar. Uh, I would like to remind you, as always, please take your medicine. And we remind you, better Better late late than never. never.